0: What's up, everybody? Welcome from sunny Southern California, where your boy is now posted on yet another trip. I've got some pinball and theme parks I'm going to get to. And for the first time on this show, I'm joined by a guest, my boy, Ryan Davies, who's hosting me for the weekend. So we're going to get into all that and more. There's all kinds of news coming. We finally got that Bond live stream, all kinds of stuff to talk about, all that and more in just, I don't know, 10 seconds. Get ready. Grab that K cup. You're listening to Dawn's Pinball Podcast. My boy, Ryan Davies, everybody. Let's give him a round of applause. I am here in Southern California. I just flew in today, and it's my birthday weekend. So my wife, being the lovely creature that she is, has given me the boot out of the Midwest and made me go out to the West Coast, where I used to post, where I host, where I rock the most. I believe as the kids say, <laughs> I'm here for a few days playing some pinball. I'm here to check out Super Nintendo World. Also, Universal Studios It's going to be great. And I'm joined for the first time with my buddy who lives here, longtime friend Ryan Davis. Ryan, how you doing?
1: What's going on? Welcome to Southern California,
0: man. My old coaster friend here, and I'm just try- I'm trying to get him into pinball, like you know, most <laughs> most friends do, right? Because we just want to build this hobby and have a good time with it. Um, so I've got some topics I want to get through real quick, and then I got I'm doing something I've wanted to do, something that I don't see a lot of pinball podcasters doing, and that is asking people who don't have any intimate knowledge of pinball questions about pinball, right? <laughs> All right, so I'll get to that a little later. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, hey, first of all. Yeah. Why the
1: heck did you bring the the Midwest weather out here? It's cold. It's wet. It's supposed to
0: throw snow later this week. So I got on a plane this morning in the middle of Wisconsin. Four degrees out. I landed. It's like fifty five in Los Angeles. Everybody's bundled up with parkas. <laughs> there is the the lightest mist of a little drizzle, and people are like you know, like acting like the world's about to flood, and the, the the windshield wipers are going crazy. That was just my gift to you.
1: Just just wait till Thursday though, when it's supposed to snow. It doesn't snow in L.A., first of all. But snow down to a 1,000 feet, uh, you're going to see a lot of cars on the side of the road. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was either the weather or cheese curds, okay? And I was all out of curds, so that's what I brought. Um, so, man, my last episode, thanks everybody for watching that, listening to that, however you accessed it. I got the chance to be at the right place, the right time to play Spooky Pinballs, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? On location at I.O. Pinball Arcade Bar in Madison, Wisconsin. Fantastic. I can't wait to play it again. And it's starting to pop up in other areas too. I did want to address a couple of things that I missed on my quick initial review and these are questions that I've got back on it. So one big thing was about the apron locks. So this game is the only one I've seen that does it in this way. Pinballs actually lock onto the apron above the flippers and then can eject back into play and from the videos that we saw initially from Spooky, this was a mechanism to where you could lock two balls and then actually start a multi-ball. Now I didn't actually get to that multi-ball mode and it could be because I'm playing the earliest public code of this game and it's not updated or my skills are complete garbage either way I was able to hit the ramps and get the balls to load on those aprons and then they would go ahead and eject out I love the mechanism and how it worked it felt natural but what I didn't see was really how to activate the multi-ball part of it and I guess it's probably because I was so attracted to that Captain Cutler mode Um, Ryan Scooby-Doo right first season there's like this um, you know zombie pirate diver person he like glows in green and he's got the deep sea helmet on yeah all right, that's Captain Cutler. <laughs> so they made a sculpt of this guy in the upper playfield in the back of the game, and you can smash balls into him. He's got two targets where, like, his ghostly green hands are out there. And when you hit it, a little magnet under the playfield, like, knocks the ball around like he's using supernatural powers to hold it, to, to control it. And so when you hit those three targets, that's how you build up to the multiball. And I did mention it briefly, but what I want to say about the Captain Cutler multiball is as soon as it launched, all of a sudden the character that plays uh, Shaggy starts singing a song about zombies or something, like he's singing to Scooby-Doo, and it's something I have never heard before. It was fantastic. I played the mode twice just to listen to it. It's got to be a song from one of the like direct-to-DVD Scooby-Doo uh, movies or something because it was this like, sing-songy, almost sea shanty sort of shaggy singing song. So there's a lot of strange things in this game that I can't wait to get to when I get have time to do like, a full review or actually get this game into my house. Um, other thoughts on the scoopster? Uh, nope. Oh, I think that was it. Um, I did only play it about four or five times at the arcade bar. I was there for a few hours. There were some other people that wanted to get on it, too. Um, So I was taking my time and talking with other folks there. So I'm hoping to give a more deep review once I'm 20 to 30 games deep in this thing. And uh, it looks like from now on, this game's going to be available on location. The next public place to play it will be at the Louisville Arcade Expo. LAX is what they call it. LAX is where I was this morning. Less Um, traffic, though, right? (laughs) Less traffic, and um, uh, homes are basically free there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, today i took my boy out to try some pinball on location we went to juke joint it's this bar in anaheim california 735 north anaheim boulevard and it's a fun little kind of uh i don't know if i'd call it like strictly like a pin bar because it's not like they were curating that um but they did have about eight machines on display and uh pool tables and some darts and a nice little bar what a great little location in town um i got to play bond um, and Ryan, what were your first impressions of playing uh, James Bond pinball? Hey, you know it was a lot of fun.
1: I am not a much of a pinball player. You know that uh, I did play while I was out at your house last year, which was really cool, right? Uh, but this Bond game, I, I somehow got twenty million points. Was it or fifteen million?
0: Yeah, we played a total of about six games on it, <laughs> yeah. and you you cleaned my clock, sir.
1: It, well, and I, I'm not good by any <laughs> means. <I'm, laughs> I'm far from it. In fact, the ball tip, typically goes between the flippers and right down the middle. Your, there, your ball
0: time was was quite low, um, <laughs> comparative. You know, um, you know, I'm I'm bounce flipping, I'm nudging, I'm dead flipping, I'm you know getting multi balls and things, and you know I'm averaging about eight to ten million points. You know, this guy in his last game, you know, he builds up that multiplier with the the pop bumpers up there, and then he hit manages to just hit that shot that grants like immediately twenty million points. The the code is still what I would call unbalanced. You know, this steak is not seasoned yet. And I think that's due to the ongoing licensing issues. Uh, At least that's what the rumor is. What do you think of the rocket? That seems to be everybody's.
1: Yeah, that rocket's uh, interesting up there. Yeah, yeah. uh, Interesting shape. And yeah, kind of jiggles and wiggles. Smooth and and conical. Yeah. I
0: mean, (laughs) you just, you hit it once. You just want to keep playing with it. (laughs) I'm sure that I'm glad the glass is in place because I'd hate to chip a tooth. Oh, man. All right. Uh, What else? And then right next door, we had Stranger Things, a completely different type of game from the same manufacturer, and it had the ultraviolet lighting kit installed, and you were the first person to trigger that when we were playing.
1: Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I'm, you know, I I love that kind of, uh, you know, black light stuff and the way that it triggered and just made the whole game experience. When I first actually sat down or stood at the game, I guess, um, you know, and looked at it, the
0: game looked so dark and that's all I could think. But once I triggered that, it, it really changed the whole gameplay. There's this concept in pinball that people talk about, and it. it's like a pinball moment, okay? And what this is is, you know, you're playing the game, you're, you're slinging the ball around, you're hitting the targets, but then something activates, like the ball locks somewhere, and then a scene plays out, or the, the music changes, the lighting changes, and it's like something starting. Like with Guns N' Roses, when you start a song, uh, like Live and Let Die or something, and, you know, the, the it's building, and the lights are slowly going out to dark, and then all of a sudden it comes back with a shaker motor, and the lights all lit up, and it's like a great moment, like I've achieved something, and that UV light, underground underground upside down uh and stranger things i think is is a good moment you know you hit the drop targets you get the uh uh demogorgon ramp to fold down then all of a sudden the the paint in the play field that you can't typically see which is all uv light reactive all of a sudden just comes to life and changes the look of the whole game
1: fantastic i still yeah. want one yeah when i i think i asked you there is this new like is this the first time this has been used because it's so brilliant like I think it could be used for so many other things in the world of pinball.
0: Yeah, and you haven't even seen the, the game with the projector involved either. This yeah. one just had the stickers. Yeah. It was the pro version. So, uh, yeah, the guy that designed that game also did Mandalorian and is rumored to be doing Venom next, like from Spider-Man. And uh, that's a game that probably was supposed to come out already, but it's been delayed. Supply chain, who knows? Uh, the Stern has a backlog of games they're trying to work through. Um, but I'm if it is uh, you know, Brian Eddy's Venom... And it can it take that kind of, because Venom's a very dichotomous character, you know, very black and white. So if we can see that flipping of the play field, you know, I'm going to keep my pre-orders in on this game. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I was bummed that Mandalorian was down. It was yeah. sitting there dark at the very end and not working. So yeah, we'll have to find that somewhere.
0: I played all three versions of Mandalorian. I can appreciate it. I've had some pretty good games on it, particularly the limited edition uh, at Blue Moon in, in Madison, Wisconsin. I played it there last. Um, yeah, it, it's a good game. I, I like the bones of it. I like the theme, um, but I really um If it is Venom next, I'm really uh, and uh, can uh, anticipatory, uh, exuberance is what I have to see um, what this game is. Um, so yeah, so it was a good time, a great place there in Anaheim. The LA area is not like Chicago or the other upper Midwest where there's just like pin bars everywhere, but, um, uh, this was a good location and I hope they keep building and get some, uh, you know, higher tier games in there as well. Um, what else did we do today? Uh, we got some food. I don't want to bore everybody with that. Oh, <laughs> the, a little video drop that we've been waiting on. And this is the Bond 60th edition. So I, I think I, I, I confused the heck out of my friend here when I tried to explain the different tier systems of Bond and how there's two different um, um, even, even versions of that game within that subset. Anyway, the Bond 60th edition, for those of you who know, that live stream is going on actually right now. And I was able to catch a little bit between bites of my Wiener Stitzel Texas barbecue hot dog today. And I've got um, some hot takes that are kind of in two different flavors. Okay, uh, first off, the game itself: spinning hat in the middle, um, some kind of wide open shots that look uh, fairly fun. I, I want to play this game. I want to see this game on location. There's only five of them, five hundred of them that they're making. Um, And probably most of those, 90% are going to be going to people's homes. So either I'm going to get invited to somebody that was, uh, you know, wealthy enough to spontaneously purchase this thing for $20,000. Or I'm going to find a a very generous location that's, taking this expensive game and actually putting it out in the public to play. And uh, I think uh, Tilt Pinball in Minneapolis is the place I'm going to go to for that. Um, But I really want to play this game. I mean, it's a brand new game from Stern. It looks exceptionally well built. I want to see the integration with that uh, LCD screen in the play field and the scoring reels and how multiplayer works. So I'm very excited to check it out and play it. My other take has to do with the market price for this game. So, um, this game was initially released by Stern on their website. You had to uh, pay in full. Twenty thousand dollars was a price. Nineteen thousand nine ninety nine. Then the other place to get it was from a distributor. Distributors could set their own prices. We don't really know what the exact price of it was. Um, to the you know what the what's what's it called with a car when you when you. MSRP. No, no, that's what they oh. sell it for, but dealer invoice. There, yeah. There you yeah. Go. So the dealer invoice is rumored to be around fifteen thousand dollars. That makes sense. And then dealers set the prices. And I've seen, you know, they're, they're not publishing the prices the dealers are. You have to call them and contact them. And I've seen quotes as low as seventeen thousand five all the way up to nineteen five and somewhere in there. Um so what's I don't know what the demand for a $20,000 pinball machine is that doesn't have, you know, uh, ramps and 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 UV light and, and a lot of music and theme integration. Because the theme integration has been a, a little shallow with Bond yet, and that may be due to the licensing, and that may blow up with the code. But from this perspective, I don't know if, uh, I mean, certainly in my budget, the value that I place on the game doesn't match the value that it's being sold at. <laughs> so, um, what's going to happen to this game over time? Are there going to be unsold inventory? Um, unsold inventory does not generate any any uh, uh, revenue. It doesn't bring joy, right? It brings clutter. And so, how... Deeply discounted, if at all, are we going to see this game? Um, that's what I'm waiting to see. I don't think that this game is going to be you know, $19,000 by Christmas. Will it be $10,000 by Christmas? I don't know. I don't know. What's this going to go for on the used market when somebody's kind of played all the code and is ready to move on to something else? Um, I think we're going to see a lot of price fluctuation with Bond 60. I think it's the best way I can put it. Yeah. Are you excited for Bond 60th? I
1: don't, Hey, you <laughs> lost me a 20K. I mean... <laughs> I just I mean you start talking about $20,000. Yeah. I mean that's uh it's pretty wild for a, for a pinball machine. I'm not knowing a lot of the, yeah. you know, the pricing, but that's uh that's a lot of money.
0: Well, one thing for sure, walking into an arcade that has this on location, it's not going to cost $20,000 to play it. You know, well, one, two dollars. Maybe it's at a Dave and Buster's or something. I was going to say they <laughs> got to make up the money somewhere. I, I mean, you know, if you were an operator and you put this in the arcade and you did spend, you know, eighteen thousand dollars on it, that's a minimum of eighteen thousand plays at one dollar in order to get your your money back on it. So I, I don't think there's any money in this for an operator alone. But, you know, if you've got uh, you know a refined pin bar and you're selling craft cocktails and, and mules and such and, you know, there's inflated prices on those due to the high quality that you're providing and this game is what gets people in the door, that's where I see the value for this. So either you're like, just insanely into Bond and you have to have it no matter what, then it really doesn't matter. Um, or you're, you're you're some sort of pin curator, I think, is who this game is for. Either way, invite me over. I want to play it. I want to play it. I want to live stream it. I want to touch the buttons. I want to flip the flippers. I want to spin that hat. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> shall we get to the interview portion? Let's do it. Let's what a go. great idea this was! I have take someone that's you know just very clueless, I, even more you clueless than a it. novice in pinball. Let's ask some <laughs> pinball questions. All right, question number one, Mr. Ryan Davies, and this goes back to price. Um, what would you expect? And maybe I've led on a little bit more now, but what would you expect to pay for a pinball machine if you were to you know walk into a supplier, somebody that's got foosball tables, pool tables, um, uh, roller alley games, which are uh, what do the common people call those? You know, roll the wooden ball and it goes ski ball. Yes, Ski yeah, Ball. So you walk, they had that today, actually. Yeah, yeah. So you walk into this place and they've got these for sale new. What would you expect a pinball machine to cost? You know, so so <laughs> uh,
1: you know, you walk into Costco or Sam's Club and you see those kind of consumer level models, and I think those are like, you know, three, four hundred bucks. Right. That, you know, some of them are a little jankier than others. I know sure. we've seen the virtual pinball there. They've, you know, that's that's on the cheap. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing probably Three, four thousand dollars. I think
0: I think that is a total reasonable estimation, and um, you'd probably be hard pressed to find something of quality made after 1984 for that price. <laughs> and that's but you know four years ago pre-pandemic all day you, you could find that i told the story today when um i bought my first pin uh, batman dark knight by stern uh, the person i bought it from had a new unboxed premium stranger things for nine thousand dollars and today i went and looked and the cheapest you can find one right now fifteen thousand five hundred dollars on the used market and this thing was new in box like never touched if i only knew sir <laughs> this is bitcoin all over again <laughs> first time I heard about Bitcoin, it was a nickel. And I'm like, virtual currency? What a terrible idea that is. And I think I may have actually been true on that point, but I could have put $5 down on some nickels, some virtual nickels, and, and cashed out and got myself a Lambo or something. <laughs> yeah, I think we uh, all missed out on that one. All right. Well, all right. live and learn, hindsight being what it is. Question number two. You walk into an arcade. Um, you see all these shiny lights and everything. You know, you're seeing the Chuck E. Cheese characters playing. You're waiting on your pizza. What would cause you to walk over and play and put money in one of these games like what what type of theme would grab you from across the room and cause you to go up there and, and throw some quarters in it
1: all right so as, as you know i'm a big xbox player absolutely i waste a lot of time yeah don't don't tell my wife actually she knows yeah
0: She's, it's very obvious it's, it makes you endearing sir
1: i do have two kids so it's not as much time as i want but uh i love the video games i love call of duty halo those are two great franchises i think uh You know, I I don't know what a Call of Duty, and maybe it exists. Yeah. Is there a Call of Duty pinball machine? There is not. Okay, there you go, Activision. (laughs) Microsoft now, let's go. Uh, You know, Call of Duty, I think Halo's another great franchise. Absolutely. I think would make a great pinball
0: machine if there's not already. It's not the first time I've heard that either. People have been kind of clamoring for these video game franchises. I mean, there's been Super Mario Brothers pinball. There's been Roller Coaster Tycoon, but as far as video games themselves, we haven't really seen a whole lot. Like There's, there's no Silent Hill, um, definitely no Halo, and the installed player base for something like that is huge enough that I think, you know, I mean, it, there already are arcade versions of these games. Like, there's a Halo arcade shooter, right? Um, so, yeah, I could totally see that, and and a video game is something that's just set up for licensing. I mean, the that they made this product. They've got this IP. They're ready to milk it. You know, this isn't like talking to, um, you know, the, the, the estate holder for prints, you know, um, and, you know, trying to convince them of like what a pinball machine is that you're trying to make, why you want to use his music. And then when they ask for $10 million, say, you know, there's no way I could physically pay you that money plus recoup money on this machine I'm building, which costs about $4,000 or $5,000 in parts just to put together to begin with. Let alone you got to pay the licensing, and then you got to have a profit on it to, you know, employ your workers and everything. Um, but yeah, I could see video games as being this untapped market. Like you could do, should be able to do a whole line of them. Well, and I think the cool thing about video games is like the progression you
1: play, like Call of Duty. I unlock guns and you know all these challenges mm-hmm. and stuff. Like imagine a pinball machine where you do that, and <laughs> and you uh, you know. You you have double XP and all these things.
0: We're starting to see gameplay integration in pinball. That that QR code reader that you saw today yes. yeah. that wasn't working because know, maybe the Wi-Fi is not hooked up or it's not registered. So I have an account I created for free for on Stern's website. And so I have a QR code I scan, it logs me in, it keeps track of like how many games I've played. And you know, there's achievements to make in there, you know, based on how many points you get, how many drop targets you hit, did you trigger this mode or whatever? You get a credit for that. But also, like, um, if you play a game and, and you're hitting a Spinners so many times once you hit a thousand spins cumulatively that unlocks an achievement so there's a reason to go back and play that game again you know Um, with godzilla there's a loop shot that you hit that wraps around the building and when you do 30 of them you get the copper award and then when you do 500 of them you get the silver award and when you do a thousand you get the you know gold award or something so there's like ongoing gameplay and that that's something that they're working on now
1: well hear me out on this do they do they compare your scores with other people around the world? Because how cool is that? Like, right, leader. We're a wide yeah, leaderboard. leaderboards. absolutely, so they're, they're
0: just starting with this. There's pin bars that actually have you know flat screen up on top, and they'll keep like the scores for that month or something. Or they can say, okay, we're running a tournament for the next two weeks on this game. Come and play it whenever you want, and the scores will be posted on the leaderboard. And at the end of the term, you know, we'll take the top five scores, and you all get you know a free beer and pretzel or something. You know, so i think with it just starting to roll this out and so for something like a halo where there's experience points and upgrades and things the, you know the farther you play and the more you advance your rank maybe now you're getting more points and you're 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 following like that kind of leaderboard or something uh, so i see that as all unexploited open territory for pinball.
1: It, maybe we should uh, go have a business meeting or something don cuz I, I think we just gave away a few ideas i mean right yeah uh, uh, i don't
0: know one <laughs> <laughs> of the That's hard... why we're sitting here So uh, when I look at like the easiest way to lose money, I think opening a restaurant is a good way to do it. Starting a pinball company is a great way to turn a billion dollars into a million dollars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just because there's so much nuance in it. But yeah, I hope the, I think these are the ideas that are being tossed around in, in the boardrooms right now at these companies that are rolling this out and, you know, maybe they'll have downloadable content, you know, yeah. where like, you know, I have rush pinball and there's eight songs in it, but maybe they release a package where there's five extra songs and they charge me 60 or a hundred dollars. And then I can download that code and have, you know, more things or more integration. So, um, Yeah, Mandalorian actually has a whole uh, Beskar currency system within the game that you earn Beskar as you play, and then you can cash that out for perks during the game. Um, So I think it's already something that they're thinking about, and the gamification of pinball is, I think, where we're going with uh, our our next uh, evolution.
1: Well, I'll be honest. Like, you know, I went out to your house last year. I had no idea that a pinball machine (laughs) had so much to it. I mean, to me, it was hit the flippers, hit the balls. I didn't realize there's all these things you can unlock and, you know, Extra scenes and deleted scenes and, you know, uh,
0: maybe deleted scenes. But anyways, all these wild things, I just had no clue. Right, yeah, and and I was interested in pinball as a youngster. I I like to play him at the arcades and things, the family entertainment centers. And then now that I've kind of come back to it again, it's like it's been evolving in the background this whole time. Um, There was a big pinball crash kind of in the 90s where, you know, arcades were were, were changing, they were going to redemption, you know, people weren't really buying these games, and so the industry was kind of struggling along, and then it just hit this upkick, and now it's on such a trajectory that this is going to be like, you know, 20, 30 years before we would ever see like another downturn. And so, especially you know, with advances in the gameplay part of it that they're going to be doing, so I'm excited about that. We got all that out of a question.
1: Yeah, that was good. This, this is this is like this is why you should subscribe stripping. to Don's Pinball Podcast.
0: I mean, just, yeah, just drop me quality in the, content. Don's Pinball Podcast at Facebook.com. Hit that follow button. I think you know I, I doubled my followers in the last couple of weeks with all this new news that's coming out, and there is more to come. I think that's enough of my advertising for right now. Well, <laughs> One more question, um, and this this one was kind of uh, just in general. Like, if you were to walk into an arcade, family entertainment center, whatever, would you even be drawn to pinball, or would you be going over playing Flappy Bird or playing the Red Ball Drop game, you know, or these more kind of like redemption games or skee-ball or experiential games, you know, is there a draw for pinball from someone that doesn't realize, you know, how, like, how deep these games can be?
1: Well, I, I think my respect or, or you know, I, I – definitely look at it differently now that I've spent some time with you and played these machines, uh, before. Absolutely not. Probably not my number <laughs> one choice. Right. I play the stupid coin flippers or coin pushers. Oh God, I, those, I love those. Those are such a waste of time and money. But, uh, in fact, I took my daughter Dave Busters a few months ago right. and, we spent like an hour and a half on the stupid game, and she's like, "I want to go do this." I said, "No, we're getting the tickets. We're so close. We're so close. We're gonna get that. It's worse than a slot machine."
0: <laughs> so, which <laughs> one was it? Was an Angry Birds Tower Coin one? Yeah, that
1: that's really cool. Oh man, we, yeah, that's that's a cool one. Is uh, there a
0: better feeling than watching that coin tower topple? Uh, I know, there's birth of a child, I guess, <laughs> but it's pretty close. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the 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 whole redemption thing is just crazy. But
1: uh, give me another hundred dollars of
0: credits, I'm going to make this tower fall.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know why. I think it is. It's that feeling that you're winning something. Right away, it's that instant uh, Don's having a wrestling match with his microphone. We're good. We're going to keep going. This will be a
0: full pull here. Don't worry about it.
1: Uh, Anyways, uh, you know, that instant gratification, like, you know, some of these games you have to wait for the tickets or whatever, but you watch these coins fall over and you're like, yes, more, more, more.
0: Man, it's designed to feed on that primal uh, whatever we have deep-seated in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. My wife is the same way and I like them too. Um, the Wonka machine where you get the cards and then you can like collect all thousand of them and turn them in for a ton of points. Um, it's the other one. I've seen uh, like a DC Comics one. Uh, SpongeBob's got a weird one, yeah. But I feel you. So yeah, um, hopefully as these uh, start to build and 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 you know tournaments become like more accepted, it's not just people that are at the bleeding edge of you know flipper dumb with their hands full of calluses, but like normal people just get together for a pint or two, some nachos, and like playing in their local league. You know, um, I'm hoping to see that develop in that manner. So, are you hey, talking fantastic. pinball or coin pusher? I'm talking to pinball. Oh, okay, it's just one. <laughs> Coin pusher Coin tournament, push your tournament, come Perfect. on! Perfect. That sounds good. I mean, we're hey, just full of ideas. Yeah, give me a couple of pints in me, man. I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw a lot of, a lot of money at that and try to get prizes. <laughs> well, good. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Thanks for hosting me this weekend yeah, too. Man, Birthday weekend. It's gonna, be, weekend. It's we gonna got, be fantastic. We got some fun stuff planned. All right, cool. Well, you'll hear about all that and more on the next episode. Don's Pinball Podcast. Ryan, thank you so much, brother. Of course. Thank Appreciate you. you coming out. Give me the fist bump. Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. You can get at me. Also, Don's Pinball Podcast at the Facebook page. Just Google it. Um, I've got a lot of merchandise coming. Got some new graphics dropping. If you've ordered shirts, they're shipping soon. They just came in. i got to package them and ship them out. What else? Um, email.